hold on to me as we go as we roll down this unfamiliar road and although this wave is stringing us along just know you're not alone Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfie with Remax Escarpment, the Golfie team. Welcome to the Hamilton Real Estate Show with Phil Golfie and Rick Zamprin. Yes, good morning. A fabulous morning in the city of Hamilton once again. Lots to talk about today. We're going to talk about millennials and what they wish they knew when they were buying a home. We'll also talk about Rico strongly recommending home buyers. Interview at least three realtors before you decide on which one you're going to go with. Uh, these guys have some news on uh, some flipping opportunities that they've been working on in the city of Hamilton. We'll talk about the red hot real estate market in Montreal and what is going on in that community. But we'll begin with, uh, we're just days away from the legalization <laughs> of recreational marijuana here in Canada. And uh, apparently pot is uh, set to help uh, real estate in Kelowna and Edmonton in particular. And I'm sure it'll have an impact in Hamilton and in the GTA and, well, across the country. So let's dive into this. These two cities in Western Canada have been named the next commercial real estate hotspots, commercial real estate hotspots for the cannabis market, according to a, a report out of Remax. Uh, Kelowna, B.C., and Edmonton both expected to see positive commercial growth in the coming months as a result of cannabis legislation. Prices for commercial real estate in the southern BC city are anticipated to see an uptick as approval for cannabis retail licenses will be extremely competitive amid high demand once the substance becomes available. So these are just two communities in this country that are going to be commercial real estate hotspots. Is this thing going to spread like wildfire across the nation? I think we've seen it already. In, no, no, in, no. In, in, in the Niagara region, it, it has. We, it but, but there's a lot yet. of places. You're that, seeing the start of it. Yeah, and you're anticipating it's gonna it's gonna blow but, up. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I think I think, you know, Canada's home to a lot of greenhouses that have the infrastructure to support. Oh, a, yeah. You know, t uh, uh, a cannabis production facility. So if the infrastructure is already there, it's 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 easy to build upon that. And, no, but I'm and, talking about on the retail level. The retail, like people just want to open up a storefront and uh, and sell uh, cannabis and right. and you know um, what do they call the stuff that you can make cookies and yeah, and but the, the edibles. But, but these are these are production facilities that are that are going to be millions and millions of square square feet. Right. Like oh yeah, there, there's one in Grimsey on uh, right off. You can see it as you drive by. Yeah, but they're, uh, they're, and, and they're and they're adding I don't know how many acres of uh, greenhouse. To it, if mm -hmm. you drive, you'll see that they—it's a huge facility already, and it's all fenced in all the way around. Right. And now they're building a, an additional, almost the same amount of square feet of additional greenhouse to this, and they—they they are growing. That's how fast this this industry is growing in the short term. Well, one of the concerns here in Hamilton and Ancaster Councilor Lloyd Ferguson made this uh, probably a few months ago, as they were talking about. Um, allowing a cannabis uh, production company in this community to expand their reach and, and maybe even get more into, uh, I think it was Ancaster and Flamborough area. And he was saying that, listen, uh, you know, these are farmlands. These are, are farmers who have, uh, you know, planted crops, harvested crops uh, for generations. Why are we going to wipe away, 
you know, uh, the quote-unquote usual kind of uh, grains and, and, and whatever they're, they're uh, harvesting for pot facilities. Are we going to wipe out our farmlands just to set up, uh, you know, cannabis growing facilities? So I'm everybody can sure get rich yeah. and yeah, selling. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, what they're going to do is they're going to dilute it. What's going to happen is everybody's going to want to grow it. Right. But, and but then, here's the thing. What's going to happen is this is going to be one of our, it, it, it probably already is, but it's going to be one of our top exports. As other nations become, you know, legalizing marijuana we're going to have the infrastructure and the the production facilities to be able to support the demand and it's not just going to be within canada it's going to be worldwide europe yeah there's that's right be, yeah you know you know there's there's talks of china there's talks of the united states and when we're you know all we have to do is 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 you know support a, a um you know a supply chain of marijuana over to that country and and now now we're you know it's a, it's one of our exports right well and, um and not only but, that S- september didn't agriculture just start a new program yes. for cannabis like growing yeah. cannabis and, yeah. and selling so the, it and yeah yeah so there's so, gonna be a huge so demand for I think everything canada has the, the the first mover advantage i think we've kind of been put on a pedestal on in terms of the rest of the world and and, and being you know being very advanced and in, in developing this and legalizing marijuana that a lot of people are taking notice and and you know you know, are we are we going to become you know the new the new Amsterdam where people come you know start coming to visit and, right and, just and because just we be- have this yeah thing. just because you know you can smoke up in a in a lounge or or yeah. smoke up in a in a bar or, or something or like a that public like, park who knows whatever, like who yeah. knows if it's going to get to that point but you know there are people who who go visit Am- Amsterdam just for that experience and sure. that so so will will we turn into that and I think that Canada has a very strong name in terms of its brand um, you know if you look at uh, Canada Goose. Uh, like uh, the the jacket. If you go out to you know Europe, it's a very strong brand. It's a very recognized brand where people will That's see right. it's made in Canada, mm-hmm. and it actually has a, a premium price tag. So, I mean, will that translate to Canadian growing marijuana? Yeah. Hopefully, the, we'll the, see. Yeah. But end. if you put a premium on it, then then it's 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 a good thing for for for, sure. for our economy if if we're able to export it and and you know develop it that way. The one thing I'm very interested on uh, is. Because each household is allowed to grow for marijuana plants, how that is going to impact people actually going to these retail outlets when they open in April or go online to order their cannabis products. I mean, if they're able to grow their own plants, how apt are they or how motivated are they to spend money to get products think, online or in store? I think it comes back to convenience, right? Um, right, they this, can't be bothered, right? This, so. Yeah, this society is, is is trying to become more and more convenient. You yeah. see it, you see it at the grocery store aisles. You see it. No, if you can make, it, we can all yeah, make vegetables in our it, backyard. It, we exactly. Don't do it. That's yeah. what that's what I was gonna get to. Is 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 if you can become and develop something to make something more convenient for society, you have an opportunity to make millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. But it's trying to figure out how how to do it. Now, you know, it's it's the same thing with making wine or growing your vegetables. Mm-hmm. Anybody can do it, but if you can go to the store and pick up a tomato that's, you know, looks looks amazing, and right. you don't have to do the, you know, the full the full planting and it's all it's always yeah, there. It's, you it's, don't have to wait. You and don't that's have to what people it. want is 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 convenience. Yeah. And then and then you know it's going to be interesting to see the 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 customer experience of walking into these these shops and and um and and getting that experience side where, where that's something what you know people would enjoy, mm-hmm. um and, and and enjoy doing. But I think the next step is is there's a lot of companies or e-commerce companies that are going to start popping up who don't necessarily have a shot or a, a, a shop. And 
you know, it's going to be like a, a, a subscription based, right? Where people are going to start developing, you know, so, you know, where you get, you know, five grams of pot every month or, right. you know, so and it's like the wine. It's like, a, it's like the Netflix yeah, it's like, pot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like, you know, you know, the bark box, right? You get yeah. a couple treats, you get a couple of dog right. bones and you get a little <laughs> scarf or something every month. You get a, you know, so it's going to be the, uh, the marijuana bark box. Yeah, you get the, a uh, pipe. Yeah, you get a, <laughs> you get a couple of rolling papers and yeah, so. Should be interesting. Yeah, the um, what, now what happens to all the underground guys? Like, are they out of business now, or I don't know. I guess it'll come back to th- that convenience factor. The price is obviously going to be a factor. How easy is it to get in? You know, when these stores are closed and you're you're out of your own supply, right? Like you just go to the corner store. Yeah. Hey, honey, I'm gonna go get some uh, some bread and pot. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> at the corner it's store. A whole, it's a whole new experience. But I remember uh, about a year ago. Um, I had some people call me, and they were looking for locations to open up uh, retail outlets. Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I didn't take it seriously because these guys are looking, but they haven't had the uh, okay yet. And, um, and I think what's going to happen now is there's really not much for places to people to rent, like on the mountain and anything, but Barton Street, they got a lot of vacancies there. Yeah. And uh, they will probably start uh, filling that you're up. You're anticipating that, yeah. that strip will be. I, I, I think a hot spot. I, I think that's where where you're going to see a lot of uh, retail outlets opening up for um, for this, which which will bring you know hopefully the commercial aspect is going to is going to go up in price. People are going to you know like the, the some you know you got some places on Barton Street they're, if they're run down they're selling for two hundred thousand. They're going to increase up to you know four hundred to five hundred thousand, maybe more. Uh, they'll get renovated. It's like, hey, Miami was built on cocaine, right? So it's uh, now Barton Street's going to get built on uh, mm-hmm. uh, marijuana. And uh, but I, I I I do think the commercial aspect of this uh, business is going to increase uh, value for commercial real estate. There's no doubt. Yeah, I, I really do. It's going to be interesting to see the, the the workplace atmosphere as well. We were talking off air before the show about, you know, employees kind of embracing yes. this new legislation, how they are going to fare, how employers will have to react. Lawyers, I'm sure, are going to get rich, you know, fighting cases with, uh, you know, employees well, working they, at their employers. That's right. Well, they were saying just this morning, uh, I was listening, uh, to, uh, well, no, the other day, this show about uh, police officers. Mm-hmm. Now they're not going to do a blood test or anything, but they basically said, "Listen, you, you know, you guys can't be smoking pot. Right. They're going to they, treat it like any other drug. Yeah, yeah, like or illegal it, substance. Well, see, you can go home uh, after working and have a few drinks, and no problem. It's and it it could be still in your system in the morning, depending on what you drink. Yeah. But how long does the uh, the THC stay in your blood? Stay in your yeah. blood. Like like, are you going to be fu- fully coherent the next day? So." You know, you're going to see people getting fired because they're going to go right to the edge of their uh, yeah. at the sidewalk of their business uh, that they're working at, smoking. They'll, and then the uh, owner of the company Not is going to say, that. "It's going to be in the oils." That's where that's you know the, the main part of this company or the 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 industry is is where they're going to make the most effect is is the cannabis oils. You see a lot of you know even high school kids they're having a huge problem right now with what they call jewels. And it's like a little smoke vape pen, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's just like a little hot. Uh, it's like a, a an oil of of nicotine, and and kids love it, right? It's a huge huge problem within within the schools, um, right now. So once that you know once the cannabis oils start coming out, if you can hit a hit a, a jeweler or you know like a, a vape in that cell where you're not necessarily causing an odor or you're not going to have an odor, you're still going to be you know 
get THC, but you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to have that 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 odor. It's going to be a lot harder for people mm. to detect it. I don't think I don't think it's going to until change. you start stumbling around. Yeah, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, think, but I, I, I mean, don't think it's going to change. Kids, kids that smoke up at lunchtime, it, that's not going to change. Yeah. It's going to be the same kids. Right. New yeah. kids will will be added to it. I don't know. I don't think. I think it's. I don't think it's going to change the uh, the kids that uh, smoke it or don't smoke it. There's kids that smoke it every day at lunch. Mm-hmm. Those guys they need They're it gonna every day. To do yeah. So. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, still to come, we're going to talk about Rico strongly recommending homebuyers interview at least three realtors before picking one. We'll talk about the red hot real estate market in Montreal and what millennials wish they knew when buying a home. Go online to robgolfie.com, a host of great information online at robgolfi.com. Call these guys anytime at 905-575-7700, at robgolfie on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure to like the Rob Golfie Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you download your favorite podcasts uh still lots to come here on the hamilton real estate show stay with us on 900 chml Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. RobGolfie.com is the website. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. At Rob Golfie on Instagram and Twitter. Check out the Rob Golfie Facebook page. Lots of great information on Facebook. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can get past episodes on robgolfie.com and 900chml.com. If you have a question for the Golfie team, we will tackle it on a future program. If you have a topic idea you would like us to pounce on, email us, questions at robgolfie.com. That email address is questions at robgolfie.com. Still to come, millennials wish they knew when buying a home. There's several things we're going to tackle on uh, that topic. Rico strongly recommending you interview three realtors before settling on one. Uh, These guys have information on some flipping projects that they're working on. But let's uh, fast forward down the QEW all the way down to Montreal, where the real estate market in that city is white hot. What is happening? I it's about time they got some attention. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they've been. They were a sleeper. They were a sleeper uh, city for a long time for a major city in Canada. And I think, I think, just because of the fact, you know, Quebec is kind of like you know they're Canadian, but, but because of the different language that's there, um, they just I don't know. I, you know, I, it's not for everyone. It, no, right? it isn't for everyone. I think if you're born and raised there, you love your 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 city, right. you love your province, and everything, but. If you are somebody that's going into Montreal, it's a great place to visit. They got great shopping. They got great, you know, nightclubs. They got great restaurants, you know, and also the, you know, the history of, mm-hmm. of the buildings oh, and everything. City, yeah. But, but, um, but they have strong politics there. Like, I mean, sure. And like, if you they, don't speak, you know, French Canadian, you're kind of you feel you, out you, of the loop. Well, maybe. you are because they, like in can the rest of English, it almost Canada, feels like they're intolerant. To people some of them that, are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, them well, the rest of English Canada has to have French and English on everything, right? right. Yeah. Well, guess what? In Quebec, they only have to have French. So I don't know what I don't know what happened there. I think uh, uh, somewhere along the line, 
uh, English Canada lost out on some some issues there with the, even the driving around uh, in in Montreal or right, Quebec with the, signage. with the signage. I think it's I think it's wrong. Well, you know, but anyway, that's the way it is, and that's that's what we live with. But um, they're growing uh, with immig- uh, immigration mm-hmm. uh, growing. A, lo- uh, a lot of the people that are coming from outside the country to Montreal are those. Uh, French Africans, if we can say yes. that, you know, f- French-speaking people who live in Africa who see Montreal as an opportunity to come to Canada and not necessarily be in an isolated market where they don't know the language, right? If they know French, they know French. They can they can be very successful in a in a community like Montreal. Yeah, it makes the transition a lot easier for yeah. them to come over yeah. for sure. And, and the great thing about moving to Montreal, I gotta tell you, like. If you're coming from a different country that you speak the language of your homeland, and then you come to Montreal, y- you got the opportunity to learn two languages actually yeah, in true. Montreal. So you got French and English. Yeah. So so not only they're going to know their own language, they're going to know French and English in uh, moving to Quebec, which is which is which is not bad. I yeah. mean, it's, it's always good to know more than one language, but you, you know, you may end up o- knowing uh, three languages going to uh, Montreal. Especially if you have young kids. I mean, that's that's the the time for them to pick up uh, a new language. But here's some of the stats for Montreal. So, residential sales rose 8% in September compared to the same month last year. Condos making up the bulk of that increase, and this is all according to the Greater Montreal Real Estate Board. Uh, 3220 home sales represent a 9 year high for the month of September. The the median price of single-family homes hit $336,000, up 7% year-over-year, and uh, they've had sales increases for 43 months in a row. Um, you look at the average price, 336000 you compare it to a community like Hamilton, which has a lot less people than Montreal, and you're thinking, I mean, that's a steal, it, especially it, in a major metropolitan center. It is, and then what's happening is, so we're diverting, so here's what's happening. We diverted... Um, what is it? They put the foreign tax, yeah, foreign buyers tax, foreign buyers tax, stress test in uh, in Vancouver, yep. right? Okay, so boom, now they went to Toronto. Toronto implemented that. Now they they're looking at Montreal or even Calgary as the next two really, eh? two big cities. Uh, so so you, what you're doing is we're just shifting these investors around Canada right. to invest. So now Montreal looks like the next big city to put money in. So so now if you own real estate there, the, the values are going to go up and until a point where people in Montreal are going to say, listen, we have to stop this. So they're going to implement their foreign tax or whatever. Or the land to, transfer to slow, tax. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, double the land transfer tax to slow down the, uh, the increase of uh, real estate values right. so that people can afford it. 7% jump isn't especially year over year isn't extraordinary i mean it's it's healthy it's yeah. it's robust but it, should it set off alarm bells with the average price at 336 uh i mean it doesn't seem like it's growing that fast no seven percent is is high usually most real estate values if you're getting uh, an increase in equity uh three to five percent that's kind you're of like well. we're normal but seven i mean we like we had in hamilton we, we're getting jumps like 20 yeah, percent yeah 10 you know 10 20 percent so it's not too bad but it's creeping up and we're going to probably find in in if, if if the economy goes well in the next two three years you're going to find that 336 uh average uh median price for a single family home it might increase to 450 mm-hmm. that then you know that they they are the rest of part of Canada. They, they, you know, with the, the boom of real estate, yeah. you know, 
Interesting. Would you, this is a question out of left field, but people are always looking for investment opportunities. If someone's here in Hamilton, they're listening to this show thinking, you know, I'm going to get into real estate. I don't necessarily want to get into real estate here in Hamilton because I might be priced out of the market. Would you suggest a community like Montreal, even though it's that far away, to say, hey, you know, visit the city for for maybe a week, take a a vacation week, scope out some homes, buy one and and rent it out? Or is that just too much work for some people? It's actually sometimes less work. So when I I was younger, uh, in my early 20s, um, I went and uh, I I flew out to Vancouver and I bought a condo Hmm. right off of 4th Avenue. I should have kept it. <laughs> Could have, would have, should have. That, co- that condo would be uh, worth a lot of money. So it, it was, you know, so it was in North Vancouver. So you had, uh, you would have to take the C bus. You know, it was like a, a bus that came okay. right across. Yep. I've been and, on that bus. Yeah. yeah. So you know what I'm talking about. So, and it was a, it was a two bedroom condo. And I think I bought it for, um, I think 60,000. Wow. We're talking in 1986, okay. 85, 86. Okay. So you were buying it as an investment. I bought it as an investment. So the great thing was a management company took care of it. I didn't even have to worry anything about it. Wow. They would just, you know, take whatever off the check and I and I and I just pay my mortgage with it and everything. Fantastic. So um I did well on it. I sold it years later, um, and uh, I made money. So I should have kept it, but we all you know, that's hindsight. But I I've done right. well with other real estate and different uh, here in Hamilton. But um it, Owning something in a different province or, or, or country, it's actually easier because you're forced to use a management company and mm-hmm. it makes life easier. Let them have the headache. Right, okay. You know what I mean? By the time you get the headache, it, it, it's, 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 it's a severe case. But if it's minor stuff, you don't hear about it. The money just comes in and, they, and that's what they do. And it, it's actually the best way to do it. <laughs> Own real estate in a different part of the country and then uh you know and let someone else take let care somebody of it else and... take care of the headache for you you pay a 10 percent fee uh on the whatever the rental income that you have but i think it's definitely worth, worth it. it yeah all right let's jump to uh some flipping projects that you guys have uh, in the community so what's going on in this regard so um we bought a uh um a house and it was a fairly good deal and it, it needed to be completely renovated for two hundred and twenty thousand, i think or something mm-hmm. like that and um, so uh, we've got, you know, we rewired the place. Uh, we're uh, re-drywalling most of it. Um, what else, Philip? What else is going on there? We, uh, yeah, it's good. Couple, couple, um, couple surprises along the way. <laughs> um, it had always. We, that's we, not a surprise. <laughs> yeah, we we're, we were opening up the main level. You know, it's a uh, we're putting it into an open concept layout. Okay. Um, with a big island, and uh, we found some knob and tube wiring, so we had to we had to rewire the entire entire project right. so um which then, you didn't expect yeah obviously. no and then and then there was some some foundation issues not 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 the not, biggest not, not the worst not bad but it's got to be uh you know repointed and stuff like that okay um and um see th- there's a lot of things you miss when you're looking at i i like especially you know, in a multiple offer situation i think there's like five competing offers in on it, on yeah. it. Hmm. and uh and we were successful with it Obviously, buying it firm, no home inspection. Um, so you, you know, take you, you a take a little bit of a right. chance yeah. um, in terms of what what you know what you could have found out in a home inspection and what you did find out. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's when you when you're able to put somebody in there full time working on it, you're able to flip these properties around fairly you know fairly quickly. And I think that's you know one of the most important things if if you are doing a flip when you when, when you're able to turn it over and, and get on to the next project as quickly as you can is is 
where you're able to make your, your, your most money. That's a huge plus. Yeah. So where yeah. where is this property, it's, and what drew it, you to it? It's it's in uh, Central Hamilton. Okay. Uh, should we say the street or not? No. Uh, we, we, we'll keep it. Um, the... Um, it's uh, it's a, it's what is it? A, it's a two-story home. Yeah, two-story, uh, two-bedroom. We've opened it up on the main floor. Um, it's it's looking good. Already opening it up, seeing. The we we had the place. Com- we we hired a crew, a crew of two people to go in there. We had the place completely gutted, rewired, and drywalled within within four days. Wow. Yeah. 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 It's a fast crew. We wouldn't have gone through this. So hopefully within. Uh, four to six weeks, uh, we'd be able to put it back on the market. So if you're buying something in Hamilton around the $200,000 range, especially the low 200s, mm. there's lots of room to make money because it's hard to even find a house at 300000 Right. So, so, so we're hoping that... Uh, with this house, we possibly can sell between three and three twenty. Probably three twenty. We'll probably end up listing it for. It could be more, depending, you know, what how the end result looks like. And what's mm-hmm. going on in the area at that specific time too? If there's a there, if there's not a lot of inventory, or, or if our house is able to show a lot better in comparison to the other houses on the market, then we we might be able to push the market a little bit more. But um, I think our our bottom end is is two ninety nine nine. And yeah. that's, you know, that's kind of what we mapped out, yeah. what we can get. Yeah, we kind of figured um, a budget of what we're going to put into it. Um, but there's always little extras that come up, sure. right? Yeah. And yeah. you don't know what that's going to entail, right? Like, like, like you're always, there's always surprises, especially when you're looking at a house and you're buying brand new. Uh, I mean, not buying brand new. You're buying the, downstairs. There's a lot of people have a lot of stuff up on the, uh, you know, shelves and everything. You don't see behind those walls. Mm-hmm. You, you see them when after they, they leave. Oh, that stuff's like, gone. Yeah. And you're like, oh boy, you know, we got an issue. <laughs> we got to fix this, we got to yeah, fix that. It's like, yeah. uh, so you got to deal with it. You know, you got, yeah. you got, you know, you're hopefully it's, it, you try to minimize the cost. And, uh, and, and, and the thing is you want to put out something that when people move in and, and when they buy it, there's no problems either. Right. Like, um, like for instance, the, there was one, a house, um, that uh, we had somebody interested in. I wasn't really, it was a, a different house. It's not a house that we had. Um, I had a client. I wasn't impressed with the finishings that they did. Hmm. And so we didn't pursue that property. The person that did pursue the property ended up having to redo the house completely no again. Way. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and so they overpaid for the property. Right. And uh, y- you could tell when you're walking through a house, check the fixtures, uh, you know, like the taps and stuff. You could tell it. If they're loose, they're cheap fixtures. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to replace uh, replace them all. Um, everything should shut nice and tight. Everything should be, you know, the door should close, open and close easily. Yeah. They, everything should be squared. So if you know it's a flip, just, you know, make sure that... Be like, cautious and do yeah, your there's homework, a lot right? of there's a lot of bad flips out there. And, and if people don't look the right way, you know, and, and uh, you can end up buying a, a project again. Yeah, that you know, needs more Even work. though it's, it looks... Nice, like a nice lipsticks yeah. on there. You you mentioned fixtures, and that caught my ear because we, we just have gone through a home reno, and we're almost done. We're at you know the ninety nine point <laughs> nine percentile of, of the project. <laughs> and fixtures, I I didn't uh, realize how expensive like the top end ones oh, were. Yeah. Oh, and of course, my wife went to the top end. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're we're talking hundreds of yes. dollars. It's yes. it's unbelievable. I mean, they're fantastic, but uh, I I was surprised. Yeah. <laughs> no. And that and those things, if you get good fixtures. A lot of them are guaranteed for life. Yeah, yeah. Like you just got to go back and say, "Hey, listen, uh, this is broken. This that's broken. broken. Give me and they one. and yeah. they and they warranty like like good fixtures. And those are the best ones to go to. Yeah. But uh, if you go to Home Depot and buy those cheapies, like right. you know, they start point, leaking and yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you got problems. You got, you got yeah. problems. Yeah. It's yeah, not worth it. It's really not worth it. Spend spend the extra money and uh, that's right. So we have uh, have we have one. another one. Yeah, we have another one in Grimsby. It's one of those. It's it's um on Main Street in Grimsby. It's it's kind of 
a lot of century homes, right? If you drive down the, yes. down Main Street mm-hmm. East. So we were able to get uh, um, a, a old century home in Grimsby that, that it's a different style of renovation. It's a complete gut, but it's a, um, a, a much bigger project. Um, it's not something that we're going to have completely gutted and drywalled and no, wired this, this, this and, is, this in three get... or four days. This is a, a, a you know a six month project yeah. that yeah. it's uh, it's going to come down to the bare bones. Um, it's about a two thousand square foot two story twenty one yeah twenty one hundred square foot century home. It's going to be double done. car it's, garage. It's going to nice be big done. lot. Yeah, that's actually almost a triple car garage hmm. and uh, a huge lot. You could put a pool and tennis court on this lot. Wow. Right, right, yeah, <laughs> both of them. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, at, at, but. Um, it's going to be completely gutted right through. It's right like across right the, the street. It's it's right across the street from Nellis School. If anybody's familiar oh, okay. in Grimsby, yeah, yeah, yeah. It has Great a location. Yeah, yeah, it has a white picket fence around the front yard, yeah. and um, so it, it'll be done nice. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a gorgeous mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit higher end fixtures, a little bit higher end. Yeah, everything, everything higher end. Right. Um, yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be done completely. So it's gonna have what you know the goal there. It's gonna have you know the modern you know the rustic kind of the century home, but with the modern with charm. The modern, so it's. Yeah. it's it's going to be hard and, and, you know, to find the right balance, right? It's, you know, a lot of people love the old rustic look, mm-hmm. the, the old two-story century home, but they also want the, you know, the nice white Modern kitchen amenities, with, yeah. you know, yeah. the, you know, the countertops and the nice floors and, you know, you know, the eight inch or 12 inch baseboards and crown molding. So it's, yeah. it's going to, it's come it, to my house. It'll take it for another, uh, another, uh, another, uh, century because we're re, uh, studying like uh, so the insulation we can re-insulate yeah. and everything else like that nice yeah. sounds like a great uh, project when we return we'll talk about uh, interviewing realtors and what millennials wish they knew when buying a home that and more coming up on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML Welcome back. This is the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. In studio today with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Go online to robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Call them anytime at 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. Like Rob Golfie on Facebook. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Have a question for the Golfie team? Email questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that email address is questions at robgolfie.com. In our previous segment, we're talking about a couple of flipping projects that you guys had on. Before we get to uh, interviewing realtors, uh, before you decide on which one to pick, I wanted to ask you about return on investment. When you're looking at flipping opportunities, do you have a an ROI number in mind? Is it 5%, 10% more? Well, it should be. Well, I, I try to find at least more than 10%. Okay. Um, like if, if uh, it, it just depends. Like, you know, you have your money invested in this property and uh, I mean, you're only getting uh, what one or two percent if you're lucky at the bank. So, but at at ten, you know, like for instance, if you're flipping a uh, a two hundred twenty thousand dollar house, you got let's say thirty thousand dollars in there. Um, you're gonna have two hundred fifty, mm-hmm. maybe two sixty. If you can make 
thirty or forty thousand right. on that. That's uh, ten ten to fifteen uh, percent, which is which is decent. Uh, a year and a half ago to two years ago, people were making you know twenty five percent, thirty percent on their money. But that that that's not realistic now. Uh, it just depends on the on the project. Interesting. But, yeah. Okay, uh, a question that was, so this is under the Toronto Star I found uh, interesting. Um, I'm looking to sell my house, and uh, my parents think I should hire their friend as my sales rep. Is one agent pretty much the same as any other realtor? And uh, the author of this article uh, is a uh, RICO representative and uh, basically says, um, we recommend interviewing at least three potential candidates before you sign on uh, as a client with anyone. Um, obviously, that is uh, yeah. I was recommended. <laughs> I, I was at story. a. I, I, this is yeah. I was at a home evaluation up in Smithfield the other day, and um, and the 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 interviewee, the person who called me in to, to give him home evaluation, said to me, you know, we had another uh, sales representative in here, and and one of his questions was, you know, why should we choose you? Like, you know, what's the difference mm-hmm. um, between you and you and everybody else, or or you know, kind of how how are you able to help us, or what's your What's your um your your value? Right. And her response is, we're all the same. No way. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah yeah exactly. So obviously not the not the best response, and and that's completely untrue. We're we're not all the same. Um, there's a lot you know. We're able to in terms of th- there's different realtors that are able to provide different marketing strategies based on your style of property. Sure. And it's it's important to find the the right realtor with the right marketing strategy or the right the right system that supports you and your property. Um, and then and then you're also looking for a, a personality match, somebody who you're able to work with, somebody who you're able to get along with. Some people, you know, whether it's, you know, a similar age or, or, or whether it's not a similar age or, or, or something like that, it's 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 important to find what, what the right fit is. Mm-hmm. You're looking for that good fit. Yeah. 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 But we, we've talked about this on the show before. That's something that we always recommend. Um, I feel like when we recommend that we're, you know, we're able to show our service better yeah, <laughs> when <well>. they, <laughs> after, after they've interviewed somebody else or, or, or after they've interviewed us and but they go t- and interview somebody else. Um, it, it, it supports our service. It helps us. Um, and, and it d- displays us in a, um, almost on a, on a pedestal or a, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So it's, it, it's Separates good. You yeah. From the pack. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and if somebody doesn't know what else is out there, um, it's hard for them to grasp and understand, um, what they're looking for and they'll have a better idea in terms of what they're looking for and who they want to work with after they interview you right. know, three or four different people how big does branding play a part you know you have remax and then you have you know this uh, uh company then you have this you know h- how much does that play a part in people's thought process it, it, i think it's massive it, it is yeah. it's huge it, it is the uh i think the branding people are more comfortable in uh, calling somebody that they recognize a name, right. it's like you go into a different country. If you recognize a brand, you're gonna you're gonna be more inclined to go wherever that brand is. Like all of a sudden, if you're in in China and there's a Costco there, hey, let's go to Costco. Right. Like I've been in Costco in yeah. Canada, or, or whatever. It's that added exposure too. Like when you know when people are, are are driving by a listing, they'll say, oh yeah, it's it's a Remax agent. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're 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 on Remax.ca and, mm-hmm. and you're finding that listing. Yeah. Right. Because sometimes it's it's you know you pick up the red, white, and blue, but you don't pick up the name or the realtor's name. But you but know it's you, yeah, you know yeah. it's Remax. You know it's red, white, and blue. So, um, the, 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 and, the, and, and there's that comfortability. Uh, Remax, they're you know one thing about them is their fees are are high, right? It, it, because of the amount of money that they do put into their brand and they do put into their marketing, it costs a lot of money to be a Remax agent. But with that, you know that Remax 
produces a lot of good agents because of those high fees. Right. But, but they also are negotiable. You know what I mean? People can nego uh, negotiable on those fees. Um, I, I know we got to go for a break, but uh, well, I'll, I'll mention something on, on okay. after the break. Wow, what a tease. There you go. <laughs> You're listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Last go round here on the Hamilton Real Estate Show on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio with Rob Golfie and Philip Golfie, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfie team. Call them at 905 575 7700. That's 905 575 7700. is the website. That's Rob, G O L F I.com. At Rob Golfie on Twitter and Instagram. Be sure to like the Rob Golfie Facebook page as well. And subscribe to the Hamilton Real Estate Show podcast wherever you download your favorite podcast. Uh, we were talking about interviewing realtors, uh, at least three of them, according to Rico, strongly recommending uh, interviewing three realtors before settling on one. And you have some uh, stats uh, to back up uh, yeah. what realtors here are doing. So in on the, on the Hamilton Burlington, uh, the Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington, uh, 40% of the realtors don't sell a house at all. That's zero. In a year, on average. In a year, uh, in a year on average. So 40% right out the gate. Are, so almost half are not going to get the job done. They're, they're, they don't get the job at all or not get it done. Right. That's right. They don't sell a house. Now, 38% sell between one and six homes a year. Still, it's is yeah. that enough to it's not, know? It's not really guaranteed, right? Yeah. Is that enough? That's You're, you're not even a part-time realtor. Yeah. There. So now you we're up to 78% of agents who sell up to six homes a year. That's right. Now, 12% sell between... Uh, I think it's seven, seven and twelve. Homes. Seven and twelve. Okay. Seven and twelve. So you're you're a part time so agent. So ninety percent of the agents are selling less than twelve houses. That's, That's less than twelve in, houses in a year. year. So wow. we're ninety ten rule. We are ninety. What's that? It's your ninety ten rule. Yeah. Yeah. We're competing against a guy that has probably a full time job, or you know whatever, someplace else, but also selling real estate, and going into a uh, you know an evaluation. And let's say the house is worth four hundred thousand. They're going to go in and say, "Let's list it at four seventy-five, right?" So, so the homeowner's thinking, "Whoa, wait a minute, this is great, four seventy-five. Yeah. I didn't expect that, but if you can get us four seventy-five, let's do it. We're yeah. going to go for it." <laughs> Meanwhile, we'll go in and say, "You know what? Your house is worth four hundred. And no matter what marketing, the whole thing, we we lost that just because of a part-time agent right. saying that it's worth who sells maybe one house a year. Exactly. Yeah. So we lose that. So that hurts that homeowner. So now they go through the whole process at six months and you know, and they're frustrated mm -hmm. and they drop their price, drop their price. Now they're chasing the market. Their house hasn't sold. They call us and we say, yeah, we know we should have gone with you guys. We're sorry. They apologize. Uh, just do it. Get it done. We know you guys are the right people. And that's how, how we do it. We had one guy uh, years ago. Um, he listed, he wanted me to list his house at 600. I said it was 500, right? So obviously he wasn't, I wasn't enthusiastic at taking the listing. Mm -hmm. And so, he, so an agent did list it at 600. He had it for six months, didn't sell it. Next agent came in six months, but they dropped the price to 569.9. Six mm. months, didn't sell it. Wow. Third agent, uh, again, they kept the price of 569.9. Six months, didn't sell it. They're 18 <laughs> months on the market <laughs> now. Cow. Fourth agent. 
549.9, six months, didn't sell. Wow. He calls me back and he says, what do you think is going Meanwhile, on? Meanwhile, two years have gone by. Two years have gone by. Okay, so during the two years, the market has gotten better, Yeah. right? And I said that to him. I said, I said to you 500, I say, you'll probably get five, 530, 535 for your house. He goes, well, I don't want to come down too much from the 549.9 from the, la- the last agent. <laughs> okay, but I knew I was close enough in range to get an offer for this guy. So right. I listed it at 547.9. I dropped it down $2,000. We sold it within uh, two weeks or three weeks. <laughs> and, and and the guy that bought it drives by this property all the time. No way. Yeah, it's and that's where this is where the branding comes into effect. He recognized our name. There's four other agents that had their signs up there yeah. for six months each. And he drives by. But when he sees our sign up there, he calls us. That's the difference between our brand and everybody else's. They will call us, and that's how we get the sale done. There's a huge impact when people recognize the name, and we do feel that it adds a lot of credibility to the to the listing and a lot of value to it. Um, but uh, but again, like I said, 90% are it, it's 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 a tough goal. Wow. That's that's amazing. Uh, you talk about the brand. I saw one of your billboards in Niagara Falls, of all places, <laughs> there over the weekend. I'm like, golf, he gets it sold. Yes, yeah, even yeah. in Niagara Falls. We, like, oh. we we have the biggest for sale sign right now on Main Street in uh, right by the traffic circle. Right by right by the traffic. It yeah. is. We, so we we, we listed At this the Queenston traffic. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. It, it's a for sale sign. It's, it's I, I I came around the corner. I almost got in an accident because it's it's <laughs> it's eye level. It's eye level. Right? It's sixteen by eight. What? Sixteen it's, feet wide by eight it, feet high. It's it's even bigger it's, than it's a billboard. It's a for sale sign. It's a we have on a, someone's home. <laughs> no. Oh, so it's a it's billboard. A, it's a commercial property. Imagine, with the home imagine. To it. Thinking, but how big a, is this house? Yeah. So so this I guess there used to be a sign there or a or a billboard on the side of the building. So we thought you know it's already strapped. It's already you know it's already there yeah, for uh yeah. let's put let's, let's put the for sale sign <laughs> Let, that's where we put the for sale sign wow. so i'm coming around the traffic circle and it's eye level it, like it, it like hits you right in the face because usually the billboards are up a little high you kind of have right. to yeah. look up at them yeah you're coming around the corner the, it, it's so just is this right going your, east like towards eastgate square or coming this, this is going way. to no going towards going east west east. going west so coming back down so if you're if you're going west yeah. around the traffic circle yeah. okay you, you will I'm have to take a trip yeah. down here hey if somebody's looking for a nice commercial property it's it's a good. I think we're listed at seven fifty right now on the market. It's um it has a, a potential for for a, a, a healthy cap rate eight or nine percent if you get the market rent. Wow. Yeah, that's where a they, good, good, where good, they yeah. where they should be. How so. big? How big is this? Uh, there's a com- there's two commercial units in front with a, a residential yeah. uh, residential home uh, attached to it, and it also has billboards on top. So you're you're bringing in that'd be uh, a, good can- a, a billboard lease from Pattison. That's yeah. really cool. That'd yeah. be a good cannabis uh, location. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> You guys might be in the market pretty soon. There you go. There you go. Uh, Let's end with this. Uh, What millennials wish they knew when buying a home. Uh, This is an article that uh, is basically out of the UK, but I think applies to all millennials. And it goes through, you know, reviewing your finances, uh, check your credit score, go to as many open houses as possible, which I found pretty interesting. Uh, Inspections, bring a contractor to the home uh, home, uh, search. And uh, you'll be tempted to go over, but stick to your budget, obviously, is uh, a key. Uh, quick advice, we only have about a minute, for millennials who are getting into the, the job market. Yeah, getting into I, the would housing say, market. I would say use use the support. Lean on the people around you that, that can help you and, and, and point you in the right direction. But also, you know, don't let them make the decision for you, right? right? Um, and, and we often say, you know, a lot of parents get involved with their, with their you know, kids' home buying decision, which is good because usually they're the ones who are supporting it. Sure. 
but let ultimately them, let them make let them let, yeah let, let let your kid make the decision or or if you're you're you know if you're the one who's making the decision make the decision yourself but but use the support around you to make sure you know you make an informed decision all right we got to run guys thanks for okay. coming in uh, thanks to producer Jerry Lowinga as well my name is Rick Samprin and thanks for listening to the Hamilton Real Estate Show we're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML